everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Misaligned. This week, I have Barbara Zabo on the podcast. She is one of the co-founders of Emo Night LA. So we are definitely going to be talking a ton about emo music this week, which I believe Modern Vinyl is also doing a podcast with Tom Mullen from Washed Up Emo. So you'll just have emo all around this time. But Barbara, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Good. Awesome. So why don't we just go ahead and jump right into how Emo Night LA first came about? Uh, Sure. So I met uh, TJ, one of the other founders of Emo Night, at a friend's birthday party in Palm Springs, and we were out doing karaoke. And uh, TJ and I ended up singing Dashboard Confessional hands down together, which was, I think, the first night that we ever met. And then the next day, we were just talking about doing and like putting on a night where we invite all of our friends to a bar and sort of play our favorite emo and pop punk songs and, you know, moving it from our living rooms to a public place where a bunch of people could come. And so that's kind of how it all started. Right. And you've been working with, you know, the Echo and Echoplex to put this on. When did you first get a hold of that venue and kind of set this up on a regular basis? Um, My friend Kyle, who I met at um, when I used to work at Creative Artist Agency, he was booking the Echo on the Echoplex. And after the first emo night we threw was really successful and there was a really long line down the street, I, you know, I texted Kyle and I said, please come check this out. Um, and if you're into the idea, I think we should move it to the Echoplex. Um, so I think the second time we threw emo night at that small bar shortstop, he ended up showing up and basically on the spot said, yeah, we need to, we need to definitely move it to a bigger venue. So that's kind of how that all took place. Nice. And you guys have been receiving quite a bit of press, especially, you know, this year and last year, the LA Times, LA Weekly, Billboard, Alternative Press, a bunch of these big publications have been posting about Emo Night LA. And even though, you know, Billboard and Alternative Press don't necessarily focus on the LA area, did you see any sort of increase in people attending after getting those big press outlets posting about Emo Night? Um, Yeah, I feel like it gets bigger and bigger each month, but I'm not sure if that's because of press or because more people hear about it through word of mouth or through our social media. Um, so I don't know if it, if, you know, the press necessarily gets more people out to emo night. Um, but I would assume so. Right. And you guys call it taking back Tuesday since it is on you know, a Tuesday night, what made you decide to go with a weeknight instead of trying to throw this on, you know, a Friday night or Saturday night instead? Yeah. um, So we actually don't call Taking Back Tuesday anymore. We just call it Emo Night. Okay. um, Since January 2016. Um, We decided to, we wanted to do it on a Thursday when we initially um, reached out to the shortstop, um, which was the first bar where we threw the event. And um, they just weren't sure if it would do well enough for them to have it on a Thursday since that's one of the main nights that people in L.A. go out. Right. Um, so they, they were like, we could give you Tuesday. Um, so that we literally had to rename our event because Thursday wasn't available. But we wanted to call it Taking Back Thursday in the beginning. Right. 
So that's so it's kind of how um, it started just being on a Tuesday. And then we kind of stuck to that because it just kind of worked. And I don't know, I feel like there there's a ton of other competition of events and things going on on Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays, especially in LA. So we kind of kept it on a Tuesday. Okay. And at first, did you find that sort of maybe hindered how many people showed up? Or did you find even at the beginning, people were still willing to come out to this on a Tuesday night, despite, you know, having work or school or whatever the next day? Yeah, people still come out. I mean, regardless of it being a, you know, weekday, I think just as many people come out as if it was on a weekend. It's it's always super surprising. You know, at one thirty or two in the morning, people are still dancing and like singing along and having a great time, even though they have to probably wake up at six in the morning to go to work, <laughs> school or whatever yeah. it might be. Um, true dedication to the scene, I would say. Yeah, I'm sure the emo night hangover is very much a thing on Wednesday mornings. <laughs> oh, it is the most real thing. My favorite thing is um, reading tweets the next morning from people just being like, I slept four hours and I'm so hungover <laughs> at my desk at work. Um, so it's very much a real thing. Yeah, and I feel like LA is one of those cities that kind of just makes it easy to get to things during the week because, you know... Despite it not being much of a walking city as, say, New York is or Philadelphia or one of those cities, I feel like a lot of the venues are close enough and with as many apartments as they've put in in L.A., it's so much easier to get to everything if you're in the immediate vicinity. Yeah, I mean, especially with um, the Echoplex being in Echo Park, I feel like a lot of the crowd that comes out either lives in Silver Lake Echo Park or downtown. But at the same time, a lot of people drive up from San Diego or I don't know, some people drive hours. Yeah, those are the the truly dedicated people. Yeah, exactly. It's very cool. Because, you know, me being in Orange County, I know how long that drive can take on a weeknight just from Orange County to LA, let alone San Diego to LA. Those people probably have to leave at like three in the afternoon to get there. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty impressive that people do that. Definitely. Have you guys ever thought about, you know, branching out and maybe hitting up San Diego or Orange County to maybe rotate it around in Southern California? Or do you think you're definitely going to just keep it in LA? Um, It's actually in 10 different cities now, San Diego being one of them. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So we actually have in, I think next week we go to San Diego. Um, we were throwing the after party for the warp tour date there. And then we're throwing an emo night in Orange County for the chain reaction festival. Okay. Yeah. It's in a couple months. Um, so that will be the first time we'll do it in Orange County, but definitely in the works. Awesome. And you know, you mentioned this being in 10 different cities, which city was the original city that emo night really got started in? Um, I mean, I used to throw an emo night with a couple of my friends in San Francisco when I went to college there, okay. but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a monthly event or anything. We, we did it a couple of times and, um, it, it didn't really pick up as much. And we also all had a lot of other stuff going on at the time. So, but the, but emo night LA as it is now started in LA. Okay. And you mentioned, you know, working at 
CAA earlier, was that really your first music-based job or did you get into the industry even sooner than that? I uh, I mean, I worked for Sony Music while I was in college as a college marketing representative for two years. So I would say that was my first real job in music. And then um, CAA was, I guess, my first like nine to five sort of deal. Nice. So is Emo Night LA your sole focus right now? Um, no, we, Morgan, TJ, and I, um, the three of us started Emo Night. We also started a creative company called Rider Cry Collective, and we do social media, digital strategy, um, content creation, web development, um, sort of like all across the board with our other friend, Pearl. And um, we started that about a year ago. Awesome. And I know you guys had a merch tent or booth, whatever you would like to call it, at Taste of Chaos when they hit San Bernardino. Was that something that was on the entire tour or was it more just for the festival date? Um, That was just for that date. We also did that last year. So um, they were nice enough to invite us out again. And uh, yeah, so it was like our second year doing that. Awesome. And what did you think of this year's lineup? I thought it was great. Um, Yeah, I had... I had a good time. I don't know. I feel like it was just as good as last year. Yeah. I feel like I, I showed up around four o'clock or so, and I definitely felt like it wasn't nearly as hot as I thought it was going to be. So that yeah. was a plus. <laughs> definitely. I mean, it was really hot during the day, like earlier than that, though. We got there pretty early. Yeah. Um, so I think you you caught the, the good end of that. Definitely. And, you know, I was kind of surprised there was even a breeze at all. I was like, San Bernardino, is there is there wind there? Like, what's going on? Because, you know, there's nothing there. Yeah. Last year was super windy. We did some interview and all you could hear is the wind. <laughs> yeah. See, had I known you were there, I would have come introduce myself because I'm pretty sure I walked right by the tent and just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I was sitting there most of the day. Awesome. What was your favorite band to see that day? Uh, the starting line. Yes, they were very good. They were so good. I think that was the first time I had seen them too. So it was, you know, really fun to finally get that chance because I feel like, you know, they haven't been touring quite as much in recent years. Yeah. Um, Kenny is like in a whole different band now. Um, right. So I think, you know, he's doing all sorts of things. Um, but I hadn't seen them either, I think. But we've had Kenny DJ. Um, emo night. So it was really cool to actually see them play live. Yeah. And I wanted to actually talk about the DJs you guys get for emo night. How do you go about doing that? Do you kind of have to do something similar to, you know, kind of what I did with getting you on this podcast, going through their PR person and that sort of thing and finding a time that works for them? Because, you know, it's not a weekly event in LA and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, the way we get our guest DJs is sort of all over the place. I mean, we've gotten some from direct messaging them on Twitter, um, emailing their managers, their agents, um, or just being in a, at an event where we run into, you know, someone from a label and they say, oh, my band is in town for your next emo night. And then they connect us. Um, it's sort of just like all over the place. Um, we've been trying to book guest DJs months ahead of time. Right. To make it easier, especially since we're touring and there's so much going on. So I think we've gotten pretty good at sort of looking at more ahead than one month and um, kind of looking at bands, tour schedules and general timetables and choosing them that way. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, with it being monthly, 
that might be easier to kind of get things going ahead of time because I know for a while with this podcast, I was recording episodes faster than they were being released. So I was constantly like, okay, when did I record this episode? I have to go find the files and edit by, you know, the correct date and make sure I had all this stuff. So I feel like when you have something that is, you know, a once a month thing, maybe it's a little easier to keep track since, you know, you're not dealing with multiple people for multiple weeks and that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. Okay. What would you say are, you know, your top 10 favorite emo albums? Oh, wow. Um. <laughs> you don't have to do them in any sort of order. If you just want to rattle off 10 that you really love, I will be fine with that. Sure. Um, the used self-titled album, um, Yellow Card Ocean Avenue, um, Taking Back Sunday Tell Your Friends, Brand New Deja Entendu, um, what else? I think those are my my main ones. Awesome. And I think, you know, a lot of people would agree with those, especially, you know, brand new. Did you go see them when they just hit here last night? Yeah, I was at that show last night. Nice. I know quite a few people were there. I, however, was not. I still have not seen brand new ever. It's oh, like, no way. Yeah, because I, I went to Drexel for music industry. So it's like every time brand new played in Philly, I was home in California. And every time they played in California, I was at school in Philly. So it was like just this vicious cycle when they were doing, you know, the concerts for, you know, a single album this night, a different album this night and that sort of thing. So I was mm -hmm. really bummed that I missed out on that. And I don't know why I didn't get tickets to this. I probably didn't pay attention to when they went on sale. And by the time I looked, it's like I didn't want to pay that price to go. <laughs> right. Um yeah, you missed out. It was it was so much fun. I bet. I think there were still tickets last night. Like I think you could have gone last minute. There were a bunch of like seats. Yeah, you know, I considered that, but I hurt my back the other day because clearly oh, I am the oldest 23-year-old in the world. So <laughs> I was like, I don't want to go to a concert. That'll just make it all worse, you know? Yeah, I feel that. Definitely more important to take care of yourself. Yeah, and I mean – I moved back home not too long ago. I was living up in Van Nuys and even, you know, just getting from Van Nuys to LA to get to shows, it always felt like a nightmare. If you don't live in LA and you want to go to LA for shows, I'm just like, do I want to spend all the gas money? Do I want to try and pay for parking? You know, and all these sorts of things, because I'm sure some people know if you try to Uber from Orange County to LA you might as well just not even bother because that's easily going to be like $100 round trip out of your pocket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, it's a lot for sure. Yeah. So what is Emo Night LA working on right now? Are you still trying to book out DJs for the rest of the year or do you have kind of the rest of the year lined up already? Um, yeah, I mean, we have a few things lined up, but we're constantly um, adding to the lineup for each month. Um, because we have at this point, we have bands upstairs at the echo and we have DJs downstairs at the echo plex. So we have to book, you know, three to four bands and then three to five guest DJs for each month. Um, so it's, it's definitely a work in progress, um, every day. Um, uh, and then we're also working on putting together a festival next summer. So that's sort of the bigger picture item that we're working on right now. 
Right. And do you guys have, you know, like interns or employees other than the founders who help you out with this? Uh, Yeah, we have a few interns. And then we have, I mean, for the most part, it's still the three of us doing Emo Night, but we do have a couple of really good interns. Nice. So anyone who's in college, keep that in mind, you know, if you have to do an internship. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Hit us up. So what are your thoughts really on, you know, this whole emo revival thing that everyone has been talking about. I haven't paid too much attention to it personally because I'm like, all right, if I like music, I like music. I don't care what people are classifying it as really. Mm -hmm. But it feels like this whole emo revival became such a big news item. Yeah, I don't really know if that's the case for me because I've never stopped listening to these bands. Um, So I guess I never paid attention to it maybe going away and coming back. Yeah. Um, So, but yeah, I mean, everybody does keep saying that it, there's sort of a revival, Um, but definitely for me, Morgan and TJ, we never ever stopped listening to these bands and this music and finding new emo bands and listening to the older emo bands. Um, So it's, it's sort of just been that way for us our whole lives, pretty much. Yeah, and especially running Emo Night LA, it's like, how could you not listen to emo music and still, you know, make Emo Night LA such a big event every time it comes through? Yeah, exactly. We definitely have to be immersed in it all of the time. Right. What are some of the newer artists that you've been checking out that people should know about? Uh, I think my favorite right now is Movements. Um, They actually played a full set last month, and it was one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. And um, their EP is really, really, really good. Uh, Another sort of like newer, not necessarily super new, but newer band is Have Mercy. And um, I've discovered them probably in the last year, but they're amazing. They played our one-year anniversary last year. And um, you know, we've seen them a bunch live and yeah, I think, I think those are like my two main, main ones that I've been listening to a lot lately. Yeah. I definitely have to second have mercy on that. I saw them when they happened to come through and they played in Van Nuys. I believe it was. Oh, at, um, at White Oak. Yeah. I went there. I was at that show. Oh, see another time I was in the same room or same vicinity as you and had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I'll definitely have to check out movements. I know I've heard of them. I just can't recall if I've actually listened to anything or if it's just a band I keep seeing pop up here and there. Yeah. Um, They are so, so good. So I would suggest listening to them right after this. (laughs) Make it your priority. Definitely. Well, I wrote it down. So it's in writing. Have to do it now. (laughs) So can you give away any hints as to who's going to be coming up? on Emo Night LA as a guest DJ or a band that will be performing? Um, I feel like we always hint at it in our event descriptions. And then on this month's flyer, we have um, a couple of hints kind of drawn into the flyer itself. Okay. Um, But that is as much as I can give away. Totally fine with that. Everyone (laughs) will definitely have to go check out that flyer right now. Yeah. You feel free to pause the podcast and do that so you can <laughs> finish listening and wonder who it is. <laughs> so other than obviously emo music, do you find yourself branching out and listening to other stuff still, even though emo is obviously your main focus? 
Yeah, I mean, I I want to say that I listen to a ton of other music, but I feel like a majority of the bands that I'm into are in the emo pop punk genre. I'm not right. sure if it's because we're so in it now with throwing emo night and um, and whatnot, but I do also really like hip hop. Um, so I, I listen to that a lot. We listen to that a lot at the office, like the new Kanye album. And um, I love Childish Gambino, um, Lil Wayne, stuff like that. So I definitely listen to that. And I also really love pop music. Nice. And I, I've mentioned this book before on the podcast, but I finally finished reading it this year. I believe I started last year, but I read the Rap Year book by Shea Serrano. Mm-hmm. So if you like hip hop and have not read that, definitely check that out. It's really entertaining. That sounds awesome. Thank you. That yeah. sounds really cool. I'll check it out for sure. Yeah, because what he does is he went through from it was either, you know, like this late 70s or, or early 80s. Uh-huh. And he basically picked the most important rap song for each year up through 2014. And then he had, you know, a guest writer come and write a rebuttal to what song they would have picked instead. So it's kind of like, you know, this nice little back and forth at the end of each chapter. Oh, wow. For, you know, one rap song that Shay thought was important. And then, you know, a ton of different writers. I'm pretty sure it was a different writer for every single chapter who came up with a rebuttal. I know Jess Hopper had a rebuttal in there and some other writers who are either from Grantland or currently writing for the Ringer now, which, you know, I feel like basically they're the same site, just the Ringer isn't owned by ESPN because it's a lot of the same people and Bill Simmons and everything. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely a really fun book to read. Oh, I'll definitely check it out. That sounds very much up my alley. <laughs> yeah. And you can like take it in in chunks and everything because to me, it felt more like one of those, you know, like a coffee table book almost. It's not like a novel or something that you have to read or a, your typical nonfiction book and there's like tons of drawings in there and everything it's fantastic great I will 100% check that out awesome well I just want to wrap it up with you know where do you think emo night is going to go from here uh I mean we're gonna keep doing our monthly LA ones and then um you know go to keep you know trying out different cities and going back to the ones that work for us and then yeah, we're just working on that festival for next year. So that's pretty much what we have going on. And then we also have a merch line that has um, come out of this whole Emo Night endeavor, which is growing. And we're also focusing on that, just trying to make really cool merch to go along with our event. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much what we have coming up. Nice. And you mentioned the festival. Is that going to be a one-day thing a two-day thing what are you thinking that will look like I think definitely a one-day thing (laughs) yeah I feel like when you get you know like two three days things get really hectic and I mean I don't know how people do like Coachella or Stagecoach every single year like I have friends who will go and I'm just like that is too much sun for me I would just be burned to a crisp (laughs) Too much sun and too much EDM. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Coachella is still really fun, though. Uh, but yeah, you do have to take it in smaller amounts. I don't think it's possible to go all three days morning tonight um, without being wiped out. But it's definitely still fun. 
Yeah. And then, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have to go to work, you know, the following Monday and it's probably just not happening. Not No productivity that Monday. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. I don't want to take up too much of your time because I'm sure you have lots of planning to get to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking to you. No problem. And I will, you know, send all the links once this is up. It'll be all over Twitter and everything. Sounds good. Awesome. And to our listeners, as always, we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.